Welcome back to the Meddling Kids Podcast, your groovy review of Scooby-Doo. I'm Julie Kin, your host, and today I'm talking about the dynamic Scooby-Doo affair with Batman and Robin. This is one of those new Scooby-Doo movies, and it starts off with this amazing lead because the kids are going to the Mystery Club convention. What the heck is that? I want to know. I want an entire episode or movie all about this. Anyway, they don't get there because the mystery machine bumps into a rock and the headlights turn off because somehow they're rock activated. And right then a plane comes in for a landing and narrowly misses the mystery machine by a few feet. So Fred, Daphne, Vilma, Shaggy, and Scooby are all super suspicious. They're like, why is there a plane here? Hmm. And then they see that the humans inside the plane make a delivery to a farmhouse. So this is super suspicious to them. And therefore, it calls for some breaking and entering. Instead of working on fixing the mystery machine, they break into the house. From the outside, this place looks like the mysterious house in the Goonies. But on the inside, it has kind of random decorations and a surprising open space architecture that's rare for dwellings of this time period. Plus, there is a wooden crate, the one they saw from the plane. But it's all locked up with leather straps that are anchoring it to the floor. Uh, what's their excuse for being in there again? No time for that mystery. The kids and Woofer hear the screech of tires outside. Fred, realizing they are engaged in illegal activity, shouts, Everybody hide! Scooby hides behind Shaggy, which is not successful for either of those boys. Shaggy then tries to hide behind Scooby and repeat. Since this is a terrible strategy, Shaggy then tries to grab a chair or a lamp to use as a weapon. Against who, I'm wondering, the poor homeowner who's coming home? But he can't grab any of these because they're all stuck to the floor. Suddenly, the door swings open and... Holy guacamole, it's Batman and Robin. Whoa, they like breaking and entering too. Fred is so excited that it looks like he's already having a happy ending. Batman and Robin have a super flimsy excuse for being there, and they indicate they want to look at the crate too. Maybe the gang should ask for some ID. I mean, it could be anybody in those suits. Robin is about to unhook the straps when Batsy hears sounds from upstairs and tells everyone to hide again and shut out the lights. You know, this is not behavior that is typical of law-abiding heroes. By the way, in between all the scenes of this entire episode, they have like the little bat emblem go in and out. It's pretty awesome. A womanly figure in a purple cloak comes out a door from the landing and says, Who's down there? Scooby helpfully answers, Nobody. This doesn't work. Batman and Robin come out of hiding and apologize for breaking into her home. She is super cool about the whole thing and introduces herself as Mrs. Baker. She even asks if she can help them. By the way, she looks so familiar and I can't place her. I know her image is from some cartoon I've seen before. Please help me out because I'm kind of going crazy here. Pics on social media. Batman asks if she knows what's in that crate in her living room and she says she's never seen it before. The gang explains that two men dropped it off. And she's like, huh? Two men? Yeah? I think the old lady doth protest too much. Bats finally opens the crate and finds a blown-up Bobo doll. You know, one of those large blow-up clowns with a rounded bottom that you can punch or give to Bandura for his social psychology experiments. Scooby makes the mistake of punching it and it bounces back and hits him. He hits harder and breaks the head off. Everyone stands around horrified for a moment until they notice that cash is pouring out of the clown. 
Batman says it's counterfeit. Perhaps a gang of puppeteers is behind this? That's a little nod back to season one. Batman notes that Lincoln is wearing a turtleneck sweater on the cash, but otherwise it's fantastic. He suspects it was made in a foreign country and then flown in here. Makes sense, because you know how much those foreigners love turtlenecks. Mrs. Baker figures that the counterfeiters assumed her house was abandoned, and that's why they stashed the goods here. They all go outside to look for clues. They find tire tracks leading to a junkyard, but Mrs. Baker warns them that there is a haunted cemetery next to it. No biggie. In the junkyard, Daphne finds footprints. Batman asks if he can borrow their dog. Scooby's like, who, me? Again, more evidence that he's a man trapped in a dog's body. By the way, sorry I don't do a very good Scooby voice. I'm much better at old lady voices. Scoob sniffs around for the trail, but is unsuccessful. They do find a big old rectangular pit for crushing cars. Batman leaps down into the pit to investigate, and Robin climbs to the top of a crane so that everyone below can have a nice view of his green codpiece. I think he would enjoy the episode of the Station Wagon podcast in which Mark and I give up pants for a few weeks. Items around the junkyard seem to be moving on their own. And then we see a figure in a purple cloak skulking around. We can't see its face apart from glowing mean eyes. Scooby notices it and points it out to Shaggy. Meanwhile, Robin has put a lamp on the top of the crane so everyone can see the yard better. But the crane starts to move. It picks up a car that Scooby and Shaggy are hiding in. Batman narrowly escapes being crushed by the car. He uses his rope to help Scooby and Shaggy escape the car, and Robin notices the figure in the purple hooded cloak in the control room of the crane. What do you call that? The cockpit? The crane cock? Robin races over, and he and Batsy wrestle down the hooded figure. But wait, it's not in a purple cloak anymore. In fact, it's dressed like Fred. It is Fred. He says he tried to stop the purple dude, but someone stuck a hood over his head, and then he got beat up by the heroes. Was Fred telling the truth, Or has his secret identity of notorious sneak thief and serial killer finally been revealed? We'll find out after this commercial break. Hey, this is Jeff. And Richard. And Michael from Mount Rushmore. But not the actual Mount Rushmore, like the monument, because that'd be weird. No, we mean the Mount Rushmore podcast. Every week, Richard and I debate what belongs on the Mount Rushmore of any topic. It might be the Mount Rushmore of fake Elvises or something weighty. And like the Mount Rushmore of jackets. And when they're done, I judge them and decide whose choices were right and mainly whose choices were wrong. With more than 100 episodes of nonsense, you'll find a topic that, you know, you actually care about. Especially if you feel strongly about jackets. Or grandmothers. See, oh, yeah, or Ikea. Canadians. See, listen, this, this is what I have to deal with. Check us out wherever you find your favorite podcast, or check us out at mtrushmore.com. We're back, and Batman suggests they all return to Mrs. Baker's to get the cash and bring it to the police chief in Gotham City. Fred must not like having a taller, hunkier male impressing everyone and handing out directions, because he is trying way too hard. Come on, everyone. Mrs. Baker's is this way. They're like, yeah, dude, we know we just walked over here, too. It's next door. But now the farmhouse is gone. Batman posits that this is a case of group hypnosis. Was there really a farmhouse here? Um... Sir, isn't it more likely that you guys just got lost in the woods? No? Okay, yeah, I guess group hypnosis it is. Kind of like the group version of Foile a deux. Velma disagrees, especially since the Batmobile is gone too. 
Batsy is thrilled because he has a tracking device in the Batmobile. So wherever it went, he'll be able to find it. Then there's this great interchange in which the kids want to take Batman and Robin to the Batcave in the mystery machine, but the heroes don't want the secret location revealed. Daphne offers to be blindfolded, and everyone stands around awkwardly for a while until an owl hooting breaks the tension. Batman and Robin do blindfold everyone, and they promise bat milk and cookies for everyone when they get there. Is this another innuendo? In the Batcave, Batman shows the kids the tracking device, while Scooby and Shaggy eat milk and cookies. The cookies are black and bat-shaped, and it's super cute. According to the map that shows the tracker, the thieves are bringing the Batmobile to the Batman and Robin exhibit at the amusement park. Since it will blend in there, people will just assume it's part of the exhibit. They race over and find the Batmobile safe and sound in the amusement park. Scooby and Shaggy hang out in the Batmobile while everyone else looks for clues. They pretend to be Batman and Robin, and it's adorable. The Joker and the Penguin, you know, those bad guys from Batman and Robin, peep out of a window of a haunted house in the amusement park. And I thought, since this is a Batman and Robin exhibit, that this was part of the haunted house. But no, it's actually the bad guys. They are hanging out in an amusement park in a Batman and Robin house. And they just laugh and laugh at everyone. Batman and Robin say this is a job for professionals, and they insist that the Scooby gang wait outside. How rude. The villains use sound effects to spook Batman and Robin as they walk through the haunted house, while they stuff another Bobo doll full of fake cash. It was such a bad idea for them to peek out the window and laugh maniacally. Batman and Robin wouldn't be hunting them down otherwise. Sometimes I feel like these plots are just contrived nonsense. I'm sure that's not true. Batman and Robin are tricked into falling into a pit of Bobo dolls. They are trapped while the villains crack horrible puns at them over an intercom. Outside, Fred encourages the gang to go in and look for the heroes. Daphne bribes Scooby with three Scooby snacks, and Shaggy comes along reluctantly. The villains watch their progress over a monitor, and it's pretty creepy. They make lots of scary stuff happen to freak out the kids, like moving walls, sound effects, floating objects, treadmill floors, etc. Scooby and Shaggy split up from the others. The villains watch everyone freak out and just laugh and laugh and make bad puns. Joker and Penguin are seriously having the time of their lives, and no alcohol is involved. See, kids? Stay sober. You can still have fun. Be like Joker and the Penguin. Scooby and Shaggy end up down a trap slide into the basement, and then they go in some random tunnel. Meanwhile, Fred and Daphne have been, I'm sorry, I'm laughing because it's like, was this part of the amusement park attraction? They're like, and then we'll send these kids down a slide. Okay. Ah, meanwhile, I love this show. Meanwhile, Fred and Daphne were separated from Velma when a fake monster popped out of a wall, and it freaked him out. Two episodes in a row that Velma has been our missing damsel in distress. It's a record. Scooby hides under a sheet, and Shaggy and Daphne, of course, think it's a ghost, and Fred is like, come on, doofuses. Velma wanders over, (laughs) I guess she wasn't gone for long, and helps Scooby escape from the sheet. The team reunites, but the villains put on skeleton suits. Everyone runs away. Fred isn't scared, but the girls drag him off anyway. Scooby, on the other hand, wants to chomp the villains because the bones look delicious to him. Seriously, Scoob? Human flesh? Come on, dude. The villains accidentally fall in the pit of Bobo dolls where Batman and Robin have been chilling. They take off their masks to reveal, yes, it's Penguin and the Joker, but there's still 20 minutes left in this episode, so what's next? The Scooby gang rescues everyone. We don't actually see this, but we presume they use Fred's supply of ropes and pulleys that he likes to keep handy in the mystery machine. 
The villains said they didn't order the cash, but that a mysterious benefactor has been delivering it to them daily. Two Gotham City detectives arrive to take the villains away, but they still want to save Mrs. Baker and also figure out who is responsible for the counterfeiting operation. Fred reminds them all of the clue that the furniture was nailed to the floor. Batman and Robin ride back to the scene of the farmhouse in the Batmobile, and everyone else goes in the mystery machine. Back in the woods, the house is back, and a light is on upstairs. They all sneak inside, except Scooby and Shaggy, who shake and shiver in the yard. Scooby gets spooked by a bunny and accidentally leans on a metal tree limb that makes the whole house rotate upside down to be replaced by a grassy pasture. This is awesome. It's just like in The Twits by Roald Dahl. They're all hanging upside down inside the house and then jump onto the ceiling from the floor. It's confusing and cool. Batman and Robin figure out that if they go out the front door while the house is upside down, they're now able to go into an underground tunnel. Scooby and Shaggy keep engaging the branch so that everyone looks like they are going to hurl because the house keeps going around in circles. Upside down, right side up. Upside down, right side up. The team gathers up and follows Batman into the house's attic slash storage area, but the purple cloaked figure is following them around. It starts using random toys to terrorize the kids, and Velma loses her glasses, which causes more mayhem, of course. By the way, this attic looks super fun. There's a trampoline and a life-size toy car and tons of cool stuff. Oh, and circus equipment. In fact, this whole area looks about 10 times bigger than the entire house did from the outside. Now the hooded man is on a unicycle because, you know, that's a really good way to... Okay, I got nothing. Robin and Batman use some stilts to vault over bookshelves and Shaggy bounces around on a hobby horse. Velma, Daphne, and Fred are riding on bicycles, and everything is just chaos. Oh, and there's circus music underneath all of this. Scooby then accidentally launches the bad guy through a basketball net. They take the villain outside, probably because everyone needs fresh air after being so nauseous from going upside down. Fred asks Batman to interrogate the cloaked figure before the cops arrive so they can find out what happened to Mrs. Baker. The dear sweet old lady, Daphne adds. I love that Fred wants to do the questioning without the eyes of the law on him. But, of course, it turns out that it is Mrs. Baker in the cloak. And she is so rude when Daphne is surprised and exclaims, So you're the counterfeiter. And I still would be if it weren't for that dumb dog. How dare you, Mrs. Baker? And Scooby's like, What did I do? As a reward, Batman gives Scooby a sack full of bat snacks. Overall, it's a very sweet and weird episode. I love how they didn't even try to give the villain a different outfit from Mrs. Baker. Maybe in this series they want to confuse us less, or they just figure kids are really dumb. I don't know. But I do want to say thanks to Dave Suste for the use of our theme music, Night Surfing. I also want to thank my amazing, awesome, wonderful husband, Olaf, who took care of our kids and dogs for the week so that I could go to Podcast Movement in Philadelphia. By the way, if you want to learn more about Olaf, you can hear him on the latest episode of the Station Wagon podcast, in which he and I discuss the science and history of cash versus credit. Thank you again, Olaf. You're awesome. Thanks so much to those of you in the Meddling Kids podcast and Scooby-Doo discussion group on Facebook, moderated by my bestie, Tiff. We have really fun chats and discussions over there. Please join us. And just remember, next time you're putting a turtleneck on one of our founding fathers, you would have gotten away with it if it weren't for us meddling kids. <laughs>